Welcome, Friendship Fam. We have special guests joining us in Friendship Studios B today. We recognize that God is at work all over the world, and many of our brothers and sisters have been impacted by what's going on in Afghanistan. Today, we're going to discuss what we can do as believers. I'm Kenny White, inviting you to grab some coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the ride on this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Welcome, Friendship Fam. Glad to have you join us. Today's uh, kind of a special day. We get some guests in Friendship Church Studio B, Joel. That's right. Yeah. Studio B. Studio B over in PL. Yes. Uh, the mobile unit. Mobile. So it's so it's so great to have them here. And I, I just kind of want to put a little bit of context around it. And yesterday, Joel, before... Before I went to bed, I thought I'm I'm going to just just Google Christians in Afghanistan and mm. see what comes up. And I don't know how many uh, you know there was thousands, but the first page I started to read the what the outlets were reporting. There were many stories. Well, many. There were some stories that were contradictory, and I I think as as a believer in the United States and as I'm reading these stories, sometimes I feel like I get lost in them and go, okay, well, what do I believe? What don't I believe? I really wish that I had, you know, an, an unfiltered, here's what's happening. Here's how to pray. And I, at least, at least on page one and two of Google, I couldn't Mm -hmm. find that. So, uh, we've asked Bob and Rachel to come in and they were kind enough to join us today and take some time out of their schedule to visit with us. And, and so Bob and Rachel, I just, I kind of wanted to turn it over to you. And with, with that issue in mind, maybe you can share a little bit about uh, what's going on and how, how should we be thinking about things? And I don't know, let's just dialogue about it and see where it goes. Great. <laughs> yeah. Thank That'd you. Be fun. Yeah. Thanks for asking us. Yeah. Our pleasure. Yeah, it's one of our favorite subjects is to to talk about what God's doing in the Middle East and especially in a place like Afghanistan. So yeah. it's really it's really good to talk about. It is also, like you said, challenging. It's hard to know what is actually happening there. Mm-hmm. I can just say that we're often surprised when we hear of God's hand in the way that He's working in miraculous ways, and uh, it's encouraging us to us to see that He is at work. And sometimes in that encouragement, I think people tend to go to some of these grand numbers as if it as if the quantity of how God is working in the region uh, somehow validates him and we just remind ourselves that he's at work and he's a good God yeah. and uh, regardless of what numbers people are throwing out there we don't know we right. the bottom line is we actually don't know but we do have a lot of stories of him uh, working in people's lives. Right. Yeah, I would add to that that we've been in contact with a number of the key foreigners who know what is happening with the uh, people in Afghanistan who are following Christ, and they're just aghast at the numbers and at some of the things getting reported. Even one entity saying they're offic- they're speaking officially for the Afghan underground church. There is no such thing. So we would just encourage people to be really careful in uh, accepting information without validating it or yeah. um, kind of 
seeing it through some through some other people's eyes who've actually been there and are on the ground. Yeah. So, well, that's a really I appreciate you bringing that up, Rachel, because I, I we do hear those kind of things in the West from time to time. I mean, from oh, eighty percent of people in the Middle East are having dreams about Jesus. And I'm like, how do you know the, that number? <laughs> like 80%? How did you get that? Hmm. At the same time, uh, I, I have also heard from some people who are on the field who have had relationships with people who have had dreams. So it's happening. I don't know if it's 80% or not, but it's <laughs> happening. And then to your point, how do we go about validating it? Because it, it seems like, oh, well, it was on the internet, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd love to hear you guys talk a little bit more about that. I, I think there there are maybe some obvious answers to that, but I'd, I'd love you guys to speak to it. Well, I can just say that one of the ways that we know it's true is there's consistency in the stories that we do hear uh, mm-hmm. from people. And so those first person accounts of this is what my dream looked like, and this is mm-hmm. what was said to me. Um, people that don't have contact with one another, uh, having the same type of message told to them, the same mm-hmm. type of a figure of Jesus coming to them, wow. even this supernatural reality that you can think of that, how would I know that that's Jesus? It's this figure that's appearing to me. And yet yeah. there's that consistency of people saying, Jesus came to me and he said this. Uh, that's wow. been cool. Wow. So you're saying first person, it needs to be a first person report. Well, yeah, I think for me, um, first person, but also when there's that consistent message, even mm-hmm. if I'm hearing it secondhand, but I see that there's definitely uh, some consistency and that I'm more inclined to believe it. What it does for me and my soul is different. You know, it's, it's, it causes me uh, to rejoice that mm-hmm. God's at work and he's at work drawing people to himself, people that are dear to me mm-hmm. uh, that he also loves. Yeah. Yeah. I would add, I would totally agree with you. I would add to that, that if people can get on newsletter lists of people who are connected to those people, oh, sure. yeah. then there are people we trust who are communicating stories and where the funds are going, where you don't have 80% of the dollar taken out for admin, but really the money is getting to the people. Yeah. So we talked about this ahead of time. We can share some lists of people with, you know, yeah. uh, whoever's listening to this could contact the office um, okay. and then they could, they could, um, be asked to be put on those lists, they could find yeah. out who they could trust and where they can get stories from and also where they could donate to. Great. So uh, as a point of clarity, you're saying you would be willing to share those lists with us that if somebody is interested once on that, they can call the office, we can give them those lists and and they can uh, they can connect that way. Right. And yeah. so we'll just communicate with the church how because it's all trust and who's who, yeah. right? So that's one way is just to don't go with what you see on the news, but you want to go through uh, some of these trusted email newsletters where you can get the information. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that, um, I I, I can get lost on this, on this topic. So help me not to get lost. But, uh, one of, one of the pieces in the West is it seems like that we focus so much on, logistics and am I communicating well and and those sorts of pieces whereas when we get stories from the Middle East and uh, some from Israel and there there is a little bit more mystery 
involved in it. And I, I'm, I'm always excited and encouraged and challenged. I don't know if that's been your experience uh, at all or if, no, it really is logic and communication is the best way to present the gospel every time, and that's what seems to work. In the, what are some of your experiences with the mystery of Christ? Well, I would say a lot of those words you used, I would use as well with that. There is much uh, much more mystery in the stories that we hear mm. from uh, people from the Middle East in the way that they have uh, come to faith. And I would just say, yeah, that a lot of it is cultural. So mm-hmm. if I'm bent with having a high value for the supernatural already, I'm going to be sensitive to that. It's mm-hmm. not a culture, uh, although I wouldn't say there's a, a homogenous Middle Eastern culture, but I, I would just right. say it's not a culture that for the most part cares about things like truth and logic and being able to explain things that, you know, that A equals A equals B plus C. And now I know what hmm. that is. It's more of a, what does it really mean? So hmm. in that regard, when we demonstrate the gospel message to people, we need to keep in mind that it's important that it's consistent with the heart of Christ. We can Mm -hmm. say whatever message we want, but if that message isn't consistent Mm -hmm. with how we're living out our lives, how we're treating one another, how we are demonstrating our just complete trust in this message, then it's not going to be beneficial. So we need to know that God is already at work demonstrating himself, reaching out to people of the Middle East. And if we come along and we are consistent with that message as someone marked as a follower of that Jesus, mm-hmm. that's what's going to impact them. Yeah. Yeah, I would just agree. The The gospel from a Western or American perspective is very mm-hmm. different than how we communicate what the good news is in a shame and honor culture or a fear power culture. Mm -hmm. And so um, the American way of walking the aisle or four laws is not really the way we communicate. I totally love how Bob just said that, how we Mm -hmm. demonstrate the gospel as we're interacting with people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I was thinking of this, Rachel, when I, I spoke to you recently and we were just kind of talking about uh, what are some of the, the needs and, and that sort of, thing. and just in the moment, you kind of lit up and you whipped out your phone real quick and you said, "I have eight things." And uh, it it in the 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 few public settings that I've seen you in, it seems like that 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 really excites you. I mean, the gospel really excites you. People getting to know and really follow Jesus uh, is a is a high value. Obviously, you've dedicated your life to that. Uh, maybe you could share just a little bit because we we started this with the outlets of what do we know? Are there some things that the church could be praying for right now for uh, followers of Jesus in the Middle East or Afghan Afghanistan specifically? Well, that's a good question, Bob. You also have to jump in here. All right. I think one of the things that impedes our prayer is we in America have a an idol to security. And mm-hmm. you mentioned that about some of the Somalis in our neighborhoods here. Yeah. And uh, the, the the challenge to America's Christians are security is an idol and we will never press forward the kingdom of God if we're just afraid and we're afraid mm-hmm. for our safety. Yeah. Um, so 
so part of our prayer, our prayer has more power. We don't emasculate our prayer if we recognize that we're not actually praying for safety for these people. Yeah. And we need to get over that ourselves and reach mm-hmm. out to those who are here in our neighborhoods that don't know Jesus, mm. right? And then when we can look with more of God's eyes at what is happening in places like Afghanistan, our prayer isn't, of course, we want them to be safe, but what we want more than anything is for them to have courage to stand for Jesus yeah. when that moment comes for them and to to tell people that he's worth it. Uh, but right now we're praying the Lord will guide some of those Afghan Christ followers, if they need to turn right, turn right. If they need to turn left, turn left. Mm -hmm. And to live another day to share the good news with people who are dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just add to that what Rachel said about security being an idol. We define an idol as anything that we trust in, cling to, or rely upon other than Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if our prayer for Afghans in danger is that they be removed from danger, that they be kept safe. Mm. Uh, that's not a bad prayer, but the better prayer is that they would know the Jesus who tends to their soul in the midst of that danger. So that's a mm-hmm. better prayer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to pray that prayer, that needs to also be resonating in our hearts too, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just go ahead and make the list. Let's turn here a little bit yeah. <laughs> because I, I think you, you've, you've hit something and it comes out often in our prayers in the West of Lord, protect my children and protect me. And uh, am I going to be safe in this position that I'm in? And, and I don't think we're talking about being uh, foolish. At the same time, we are talking about being faithful. So uh, walk me through that a little bit. What, what, what are what are we missing? How there is maybe there may be some blinders on that we are so accustomed to with this with this issue of security that we don't even we don't even recognize it that it's there. Yeah, there's a lot of um, poor theology about fear and courage. So, in relation to your question and security, um, so fear is not the opposite of courage. First of all, mm-hmm. so cowardice is the opposite of courage. You need in order to have courage, there must be fear that you're working past, mm. right? And so in our prayer, we, we're we just reminding people that things like uh, people like the Taliban, they're fear mongers. They know how, how to do that. And we're mm-hmm. seeing in our own nation, there's fear mongering, right? Mm-hmm. And so the words of Isaiah are to, to be careful and stay calm and don't fear. Don't means don't give in to your fear. Don't be paralyzed by fear. Mm-hmm. Don't lo- lose heart and keep moving forward with uh, clarity in serving our king. And so mm-hmm. that informs our prayer about how we're praying for people in danger. Yeah. And I would say also that um, what we're not saying is that fear is, is necessarily a great thing and that we should be led by fear. Right. Um, but it's a normal thing when we're facing mm-hmm. uh, risky things or dangerous things. And so fear can motivate us two ways that we would encourage uh, people to lean towards. One is fear can motivate us to ask some important questions, questions that are deep inside of us that maybe we're even Mm -hmm. embarrassed to give voice to. But we talk about those questions as being sacred questions, questions Mm -hmm. that God desperately wants to engage us with, questions like, are you really a good God? Are you really a God who cares for me, who 
who um, who would support me mm-hmm. in this situation. That's a good thing. And the other direction as well is fear tends to cause us to withdraw from others. Mm-hmm. So people who are not like us, those are often the places where we place our fear. So there may be someone that we might even see in our neighborhoods and they're walking our grocery stores and they look a lot different than us. Wow, the clothing that that woman's wearing is nothing like I've ever right. experienced. And because it's so different, we might be afraid of it. But the gospel is absolutely explicit that the way that we love God is enmeshed also in the way that we love others. Mm. And it means that instead of withdrawing from that person, that I need to take a step toward that person and Mm -hmm. love them as Christ would love them. And so those two areas of responding to fear is really what we uh, we try to motivate people to respond. Yeah, that's excellent. You guys preach it. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) With that in mind, I think we we recognize even our culture here in Minnesota and that there are many immigrants coming into mm-hmm. Minnesota and <laughs> I I have often felt like perhaps and I don't want to speak for the Holy Spirit on this so this is just a little bit tongue in cheek but okay if you're not going out to the world we'll just bring the world to you here you go and and I feel like in many ways we we have some unprecedented opportunities in the United States, but specifically here in Minnesota. Do you have any thoughts on that? Probably you've never even thought of that before. (laughs) (laughs) They're looking at me like, you're crazy, Kenny, of course. (laughs) Well, we would have quite a few thoughts on that. I I think I was start out and then um, Rachel, if you could add some of the other components of what we could do. I mean, one would just be that there are organizations at work serving uh, immigrants and refugees with uh, with very, very good assistance. One of those is World Relief. Uh, mm-hmm. The other is Arrive Ministries. If you wanted to be involved in uh, those people and the work that they do, we would, we would say that would be a great place to invest your uh, efforts. Great. Say that one more time. What, what was it? Well, one is World Relief. World Relief, okay. And uh, the other is Arrive Ministries. Both okay. of those uh, we would find very competent in the way that they serve. Awesome. Yeah, Great. yeah there are significant uh, humanitarian organizations, NGOs, that are here in Minneapolis working. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Somali population in Minneapolis is a significant population that is contributing uh, some of the terrorists are coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be great uh, in God's kingdom for us to continue to reaching them for Christ because yeah. it we want to see that. And it yeah. also helps our nation too. Yeah. You know? And it appears to me that Jesus also died for them. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, well, he loves them. That's why he went to the cross. And he loves me and he loves them and he loves us. And let's get that gospel out there. Let's love them. You know, earlier, uh, both of you had some some ideas about uh, uh, just being aware of our neighbors, um, loving on our neighbors. Are there? Uh, obviously, there are some cultural differences. As as you said earlier, Bob, I I think those cultural differences can cause pause or even fear. And and so, how do we navigate through those those type of moments, those crossroads? You know, the, the, I think on on one side we can be overly sensitive, and that can cause you know a, a type of paralysis too. Like, oh, I don't want to offend them by talking to them. I don't know if it's okay to talk to yes. this neighbor or that neighbor or whatever. So, how do we navigate that? 
That's such a terrific question. I love it. I love the question. I, I, I would start first and foremost with saying we serve a God who knows all cultures. And so pausing for a moment and waiting for his invitation to us. How are you inviting me to serve? That's an important one. But another thing is cultural awareness. So one of the things that we often hear in the West is like, oh, I, I've got to serve some way, and so I'm going to give, I'm going to bring over food. I'm going to uh, serve them uh, with some, some service, mow their lawn. What, all those are good right. things. Actually, the better thing, though, is to go to them with a the need. Make it up. Hey, can uh-huh. I borrow your hammer? Uh, mine broke. Uh, go to wow. them and say, I actually ran out of sugar. Could you give me some sugar? Because it's a shame honor culture. It is dishonoring to them to be in need, but it is honoring to them to give to someone else's need. So if you flip it and you say, I'm the one in need and I'm going to go and reach out to this person from the Middle East, you actually have put them in a position of honor by serving you. And it's going to build a bridge for your relationship quicker. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've, I've had this conversation, I don't know, if I've had it five times, I've had it 500 times. And yeah. That's probably the first time anyone has so clearly answered that. So thank you. That's a yeah. great one. And that's coming out of when Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. They were to go and then ask for what they needed. Yeah. So it's really very, uh, it just goes back to what our master told us to do. The other thing is just just, just follow some simple rules. Men mm-hmm. shouldn't talk to women. So... Mm-hmm. Um, women should talk to women and so forth. Just, mm-hmm. some, just start really uh, carefully that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Th- that's really good. Well, as, as we're uh, just kind of wrapping up our conversation, is there, is there anything that you would just personally want to drive our hearts to uh, in this discussion? I think if, if there's one thing that I would want to leave people with is that... Um, I think when Jesus gave us our uh, our marching orders, really, mm-hmm. it was it was founded in a, a foundation of having empathy for others. Mm. And uh, this is a time when there's a lot on uh, the news of the suffering and brokenness that we're seeing happening, particularly in Afghanistan right now. I just encourage people to allow their heart to be open to compassion and to empathy for what they're Mm. seeing there. And then in that, uh, to ask of the Lord, what would you have me to do with that? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's just sitting with him in that awareness that it is a broken world and it's hard and we long for him to change that. But also maybe it's an invitation to engage in some kind of way. I think that would be uh, probably at the the heart of what I'd want to leave people with. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really easy for us to go about our day. Um, it's This is a very easy place to live. I think it's mm-hmm. the most dangerous place to live in order to have a vibrant faith. America is mm-hmm. a very hard place. But we need to remember that people are dying. People are dying without Jesus. And to really ask God to break our hearts with what breaks his heart, exactly mm-hmm. what Bob said, and and do what we can, find out ways to give and pray specifically mm-hmm. to those works, and then reach out to the people around us. Time mm-hmm. is short. We don't know how much time we have left to That's reach right. these people. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Bob and Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. I'm I'm excited for the the days to come and to see what, what God births out of these moments. And uh, so uh, joining you in prayer and uh, excited for these days. And friends, thank you for joining in. I hope your heart is full. I hope you were able to take some 
words of wisdom and grab a hold of them. Again, we want to remind you if you're interested in uh, receiving some information on some firsthand accounts of what God's doing uh, in the Middle East, reach out to the church office and uh, we'll help direct you from there. As always, we thank you for joining in and encourage you to love, live, and serve like Jesus. God bless you. As always, friends, thank you for joining in today. We will see you next time on your Friendship Church Podcast.